This is episode 451 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Financial Preparedness, an Emergency Fund Provides Peace of Mind. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books were the inspiration for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts in, starts providing value. So I love to learn and grow through audiobooks and Audible makes it so easy. If you're not a member of Audible, you can join free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free books. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you get to keep the books that you have downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash Audible. Hey guys, I'd also like to remind you as we go into the holiday season, if you are purchasing on Amazon and you you just go to Amazon and you make your purchase, if you would go through one of the Prepper website links, that would be great. Now, I have links on uh, Prepper website. I have links on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. I have links on Ed That Matters. And there's quite often I will throw out a link on uh, social media. So if you use any of those links to go to Amazon, then whatever you purchase, it doesn't cost you any extra. It's kind of built into the whole uh, financial scheme over there at Amazon, but we do get a little bit of a percentage and that little bit helps. I don't, I don't do Patreon. I don't do donations. I don't do any of that kind of stuff, but I do ask that if you go through Amazon, if you're not supporting anyone else, that would be great. You know, a lot of the times we go to Amazon and they're just, Hey, I want to go look up this, this thing. And I want to purchase this. If you would just take that extra click and go through one of prepper websites, uh, links, that would be such a great blessing to me. And especially going into the, the holiday season. I know a lot of people are going to find things on Amazon. It's just a lot, uh, you know, they have just so much, so much stuff there. So much, so many things that you can order and it gets delivered right to your door. So if you would do that, that would be great. And uh, again, I highly encourage you, if you're not a fan of Audible, if you don't have the Audible app, you know, at least try it for 30 days. I, I know I did. And I, I just purchased my, my audiobooks that way. And it always comes out uh, to be a great deal for me. I'm able to listen to them. And not only that, one of the cool things about, I, I didn't mention this, about Audible is that every so often they will do a, they will do like uh, deals that you don't normally hear about, right, out there in the public. But because you're a member of Audible, they'll send you an email. And so like right now, there's like 500 titles for that, that you can download of audiobooks for like $5, right? $4.95, $5.95. And there's some really great books. I mean, it's not junk. And so there's some really top quality, you know, they're out there, brand new audiobooks. And so, uh, you know, there's there's some really great stuff. And there's even Prepper Fiction. I found Prepper Fiction in those uh, as well. So uh, hopefully you will take advantage of those, especially during the holidays. You might have some downtime, uh, you know, when you're traveling, when you are in your vehicle, when you're going to work, whatever it might be. You know, you can take that time instead of just vegging out and, and getting on social media, you can actually listen to something that will help to grow you and uh, you know cause you to, to learn something new. So let's go ahead and move on with the podcast. 
Hey, I really enjoyed my time away from the podcast. I mean, I did miss it. I, I got to tell you, I did miss it. Uh, you know, have that mind frame like every evening going to the office and, and, and to record the podcast. But it was good. I was able to get a lot of things done that I, that I needed to get done. I was able to rest a lot. And uh, I didn't get everything done that I wanted to. You know, it's like one of those things. You have that list and you're kind of checking off. And uh, it's like, man, I wish I would have been able to get everything done. But, you know, hey, maybe that's what the next break is for, the next Christmas break or whatever uh, we have. You know, definitely that's what weekends are for, I guess. But anyway, it was great to be able to do that and spend time with family and friends and just uh, just uh, chill for a little bit. And so I hope you had a chance to do that. Those of you that are uh, not in the United States, you know, I appreciate you allowing me to just take a little bit of a break and, uh, you know, not not. Uh, not do the podcast, you know, those, those times I did release a couple of, uh, just extra bonus episodes. And I hope you had a chance to listen to those. Hey, you know, not too long ago, we talked about, uh, or on the podcast, I read an article on whiteout conditions. And this is one that has just garnered a lot of, uh, I guess, information, uh, comments from the, uh, from the community out there. And so I wanted to read this, that why are Fox left this? This advice, I think, is pretty good when used responsibly. Responsibly, I've had to do this several years ago. Needed to make an emergency trip from my home in Indiana out to Norfolk, Virginia, and I had neglected to check the weather before departing. I ended up getting stuck in snows in a snowstorm that left me in whiteout conditions from about 1 a.m. to 7 a.m. Not only was I screwed for visibility, but the snow came down like a slurry and was freezing onto the car as I drove forcing me to stop every 30 minutes to scrape the windshield, the lights, and clear the grill to have air for the engine. I quickly learned that my headlights hurt me more than helped, so I often just drove with my parking lights on so others could see me and I could just cautiously see into the distance. I would occasionally flash my headlights back on for a few moments to try and get a glimpse of some reflectors in the distance, but this didn't consistently help as many were snow-covered depending on which direction they faced. Following the tall lights of semis did prove helpful, but they were going way faster than I felt comfortable doing. I was doing about 25, and they were barreling down at least 50. I suppose they were able to see better due to greater height from headlights to driver. When the sun rose, visibility substantially improved, allowing me to now see how many cars and semis had slid off the road. It was quite a sight, when I did get home, I immediately ordered the parts to install fog lights on that car, as I really saw the value of having very low mounted lights on a car to prevent being self-blinded. My current car was bought with factory installed fog lights just for this very reason, and they work well. The biggest two rules I'd say here are ensure others can still see you and don't drive faster than your visibility allows you to react. If your visibility is only 20 feet, your max speed should be an idle because you won't be able to stop in time for anything that suddenly appears in your visibility. All right, so great advice there. Again, I don't have a lot of experience with this because I live in Houston and we don't get whiteout conditions, but I know a lot of you, even right now, as I'm recording this, I know that there is some severe winter weather up north and you guys are experiencing that. So, you know, remember not only to, you know, all the this information here as you're as you're driving, 
but you should have supplies in your vehicle just in case you do run off the road or you have to pull over and maybe your car does wind up getting you know frozen over whatever you know like this guy was saying he had to stop every 30 minutes I mean that had to that had to suck right pulling over and chipping off the the ice and all that kind of stuff and if you're in that situation make sure that you have supplies that you're able to stay warm on the inside of your vehicle until light you know until the daylight uh, shows back up and you're able to maybe get moving or someone can pull you out of whatever situation that you're in but be careful be responsible be smart a little bit of planning goes a long long ways and so when you're up there up north and you guys are dealing with the, you know the snowy conditions blizzard whiteout conditions all that kind of stuff please be careful there's uh, you know there's always stories of people out there that uh, that didn't think it through that didn't prepare and you know there there was there was consequences or maybe they barely made it right we don't want to live that way we don't want to barely make it we want to make sure that we are able to take care of ourselves and our families because there's people counting on us right so thanks so much wirefox for leaving that again that was episode 446 where i talked about three bug out locations and also whiteout conditions driving in whiteout conditions so you can always go and check that one out, especially if you're new to the podcast and you live up north and you might possibly find yourself in the whiteout conditions. And then you can come on over to episode 446 and read the comments that people have left. Um, you know, it's always, again, better to be safe. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. Um, it's very relevant to us right now, especially as we are thinking about the holidays and spending money. It's very easy to allow our budgets to to, to break, right? Just because we start spending money and we see deals and all those types of things start going on. And we want to just make sure that we are responsible. And at the same time, we're able to weather emergencies. Not only are we talking about, you know, uh, physical emergencies and emergencies that we prepare for, you know, like our when we have our bug out bags and we have all that kind of stuff. But there are also financial emergencies. Financial preparedness is a very, very big deal that we should be focused on. So this article comes to us from a year without the grocery store.com. A year without the grocery store.com. And the title of the article is Financial Preparedness An Emergency Fund Provides Peace of Mind. So Guys, I know that a lot of the times I read articles and I am like behind almost a month from where I'm posting on Prepper website. And it's just because there are so many great articles out there. I don't want to miss a really, really good one. And so sometimes I, I you know, I, I just kind of list these. I have these listed and I, and I go through them and uh, this makes a lot of sense. But she's going to be talking here uh, as she starts writing about that it's the middle of October. And so here we are. We're already towards the end of November when I'm reading this. And so just know that I'm a little behind in reading some of the articles. So let's go ahead and not a little behind, a lot behind, right? Uh, almost more than a month uh, definitely from, from reading the articles there on Prepper website. So that's another reason why you want to go over to Prepper website because there's a lot of articles that I never get to on the podcast. There are a lot of great articles that we link to over there. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. Financial preparedness, an emergency fund provides peace of mind. It's October, only October, right? Nod your head with me. Yep, only October 15th. Yet last week, not only did we have to turn on our heat, but we got the dreaded S word. Yes, we got our first snow as the temperature hovered right around 36 to 37 degrees. I'm sure I was only one of the hundreds of thousands who turned the heat on last weekend. I can bet that more than just a few of them turned their heat on and a few hours later realized it was still cold in their respective homes. 
The group to whom it happened could be subdivided into three more groups. The first group of people panicked because they don't have any room left on their credit cards to charge a furnace repair. I'm not sitting in judgment, just stating what is true, and I know not everyone gets there by their own doing. My heart goes out to the people in that group. The second group of people doesn't necessarily panic, though thoroughly frustrated may be a phrase that could be used to describe them. They have the ability to put a furnace repair on a credit card, but they can't swing the cash for a repair. And the last group of people doesn't like it, but don't bat an eyelash because they have money squirreled away for circumstances such as this. Why is that? The third group of people had an emergency fund. So what is an emergency fund? According to Investopedia, an emergency fund is an account for funds set aside in case of the event of a personal financial dilemma, such as the loss of a job, a debilitating illness, or a major repair to your home. An emergency fund is money set aside that keeps an annoyance from becoming a potential disaster. It also has been described as just-in-case fund or a rainy day fund. So why do we need an emergency fund? Have you ever heard of Murphy? Murphy seems to visit each family at different intervals. He seems to visit some families quite often and other families he tends to leave alone. He can even be fickle within families. Now, one thing I have learned about Murphy, though, is that he tends to visit families with fewer means more often than he visits families with more means. Unfortunately, Murphy showed up a lot in our house when funds were tight. Both of our kids needed new shoes. Having twins first, this could constitute an emergency when we were living on $1,200 a month. Yep, that's all we had for the house payment, groceries, utilities, gas, car payment, everything. Then, as we were able to loosen our belts a little bit, we could absorb new shoes, even for twins, but other things became an emergency. One day, we discovered that we had water leaking into the back room of our house. That was bad enough, but when we talked to our insurance agent and found out that we had a $1,000 deductible on our homeowner's insurance, that was really bad. We hadn't yet developed our emergency fund or even heard of the concept of an emergency fund. How were we going to have our roof fixed when we didn't have the $1,000. But times have changed. Now we're decided not to wait any longer to replace the timing belt in my husband's car. We don't have $1,000 in our car repair sinking fund yet, but we've been steadily building up our emergency fund so that even with having to replace the timing belt to the tune of about $1,000, we can do that. For those of you who don't know, if the timing belt breaks, it will completely ruin the engine of your vehicle, leaving you to buy a new engine or a new vehicle. Knowing this, we just don't feel comfortable kicking that can down the road any further. Murphy doesn't seem to visit us as often as he did. I fully believe this is because we have a plan in place and some money set aside to protect us in case anything happens. This is the same for you. Murphy will tend to visit people who are financially prepared less often than those people who are not financially prepared. So how much money goes in my emergency fund? Dave Ramsey recommends that if you have any debt of any kind, minus your house, you should start with a $1,000 emergency fund. This is big enough that you can cover most real emergencies and small enough that you should be able to tackle it quickly. Don't believe me? Hang in there until the next heading. For those of you, this is where we are, who own a house which is not yet paid off, but you have no other debt, Dave recommends that you have three to six months living expenses and savings. 
If you have a stable job and everything else looks normal, like you have no major medical conditions, you've been at your job a while, and you've been keeping up on routine maintenance issues, then a three-month emergency fund should suffice. If you are new at a job or you do have a medical condition or you only earn commissions, then a six-month emergency fund is more recommended. You determine what it takes you to live on each month by looking at your budget. If you were all of a sudden without income, what line items of your budget could you live without? Which line items of your budget could you reduce drastically? Once you've done that, see that see what is left in your budget, and that is what you need for one month. Multiply that by three or six, and you have what you should be shooting for in your emergency fund. So how do you fund an emergency fund? Karen, I'm broke. How do I fund an emergency fund? So here are some simple, though not necessarily easy ways to fund your emergency fund. Number one is automate your savings. I'm a huge fan of automating anything that I can. This includes setting money aside in your emergency fund. Many banks allow you to transfer money from one account to another account automatically. If your bank offers this, then take advantage of it. Another option along the same lines is if you get your paycheck directly deposited into your bank account, see if they will allow you to split the amount between two accounts so you never see it. You have it if you need it, but it's not right in front of your eyes. Number two, put your savings in a separate account. Are you always tempted to dip into your savings? Put it in a separate account, or if you're really tempted, put it in a separate bank and don't have a debit card associated with it. Number three, cut back on what you're currently spending. If you're just starting to learn sound financial principles for the first time, I'm betting you there are areas of your budget that you can you can cut out. Need help in this area? You can check out two blog posts here and here. And there's links there for you guys. Number four, sell something or a lot of something. Can you live without two cars? It's also less insurance and possibly less gas, so you might have extra savings. Do you have exercise equipment sitting around that you don't use? Sell it. Declutter your house and have a garage sale or list items for sale in Marketplace on Facebook, eBay, or Craigslist. Number five, take on a part-time job. This doesn't have to be a typical second job. Heard of Uber? You can do that on your own schedule. Have a free evening you can drive? Expect to have a free evening but you didn't? No worries. Drive when you can. Know how to play the piano? Take on piano students. Have neighbors who need their yard mode? Offer to do it for them. Can you sew? Let people know you're available. Or you could get a regular second job at a brick and mortar type establishment. Take surveys. You can actually earn money for it. Here is a list of six reputable survey companies. Number six, use your income tax return, bonus, or unexpected windfall. I know it's only October, but when it comes to February, March, or April of next year, if you get something back from Uncle Sam, use it to help fund your emergency fund. So how do you use an emergency fund? Only use your emergency fund on an emergency. So I thought I would look up the definition of an emergency. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, an emergency is a serious, unexpected, and often dangerous situation requiring immediate action. So ask yourself, is what you want to use the money on serious or necessary? Is what you want to spend your emergency fund actually necessary for life to continue in a fairly normal way? Is what you want to spend your emergency fund on unexpected? In other words, is this something you should have planned for, like Christmas, which comes on the same day each year? Does it require immediate action? 
Will there be consequences if this isn't taken care of right now? So where or in what do you keep an emergency fund? Keep your emergency fund in something that you can get to easily, but not too easily. On one hand, keeping your emergency fund in the normal checking account is probably not a good idea, but keeping it in an IRA where you can't get to it easily is is also not a good idea. Find a place that is not someplace that you can get to it in less than 30 minutes, but someplace you can get, get it from in less than 24 hours. So what about you? An emergency fund, have you heard of them? Do you have one? Did you have a fully funded emergency fund at one point, but no longer? I'd love to hear. Share with us in the comment section below. Love, learn, practice, and overcome. All right, guys. So I think this is a very timely article and a very important one for us and a very important one for preppers, not just because of the time or the season, but one for for preparedness. You know, when you are debt-free and you don't have any kind of debt holding you down, then you have different options. You might be thinking, you know, you might have those ideas in your head. Man, I'd love to homestead. I'd love to have some property. I'd love to be able to 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 do that. But I never, I can't ever get away from my my daily grind because it, I just I'm so dependent on all of my paycheck because I got to pay all the bills. And so, you know, one of those things is was okay. So break free from that need to have that big paycheck. You know, maybe you downsize in your house. Maybe you stop buying all the things that you keep up with the Joneses. I know I was a big fan. I'm still a big fan of Dave Ramsey, but after a while, after you listen to him for a while, it's always the same thing. He gives the same advice all the time. And the one one thing that he always talks about is the car. For whatever reason, we love our cars. We love our vehicles. And people will go out and spend a lot of money on a car. And because it's a status symbol or they want to feel like, hey, they deserve something really, really nice. And they put a lot of money into a vehicle when they really shouldn't have, when they really really can't afford it. And so that's one of those things that you really need to consider, right? So maybe you get rid of the car and and you do those types of things. Definitely having an emergency fund. I think the whole Murphy thing is is it's a, one of those things that Dave always talks about is Murphy will show up undoubtedly he will show up and so when you have an emergency fund it is the difference between a little road bump that you feel versus a big pothole that damages your vehicle and makes you pull over to the side so you know if you're if you're able to have a car repair you know three four hundred dollars and you're able to just all right go ahead and repair it and you're not having to stress about it, you know? Man, let me tell you, financial stress is one of those things I know I stress out over finances. And so that's one of the things that I want to make sure that I have in place, you know, ways that I we can take care of things so I don't have to stress out. And so that's very important. And so if you're like that, that's that's one of the things that you really need to be thinking about. Now, she touches on this here, and I, I know this is very important. Before you can even start visiting the emergency fund and all that type of stuff, start building your your emergency, your three to six months, you really do need to have a budget. You need to you need to write down what all is going out and what all is coming in. And you need to look at the bottom line and figure out what, you know, where you're at. You might be, you know, you might be bringing in, you might realize you're bringing in a whole lot of money. But at the end of the month, you realize, oh my gosh, where is all this money going to? Because you realize you're you're spending it on on like going out to eat and you're you know you're buying a soda here and a candy here and a thing here and you're you're spending it on frivolous things and there's really nothing to show for it in the long run. 
And so that's really important to get that budget down. And then you're able to tell your money what you want, uh, what, what you want it to do. And you're able to go ahead and put in that pay your first, pay yourself first aspect of it is you're able to say, okay, hey, I am going to, uh, you know, take out $100 a month or $200 a month or whatever amount a month to, to be able to put into my emergency fund. And I'm going to go ahead and fund it that way. The other thing that you can do is start looking at some of the things that you pay money to every month and really see if it's, you know, I, I like the idea of automatic payments because you don't get in trouble. You know, we, we live busy lives. And if you're not paying attention to the mail that's coming in and bills and stuff like that, you know, things can easily be turned off. But at the same time, we get onto this, you know, this automated thing where we don't ever pay attention to anything. Right. And so if you're getting like your your um, your cable bill, right, and you pay for cable. And so, for instance, my cable bill is wrapped into my Internet. Internet is very important, all those types of things. But one of the things I had to look very carefully because there was always little charges that they were adding. And I'm like, where is this coming from? You know, it's supposed to be I, I, I signed a contract for this amount of money. Why is it always moving up? And I'm not buying, you know, like, you know, on-demand videos or anything like that. What the heck is going on? And I would always have to call. And I know my dad had was dealing with a cable company. He finally canceled because every bill seemed to have some kind of frivolous charge that really, you know, they would always apologize and they don't know where it's coming from, but it seemed to happen every single month. So you need to be careful about those when you're on automated payments, right? The other thing is insurance. When my son, uh, my second son started driving, I was worried that my insurance was going to go through the roof. And so, I mean, I kind of put it off. I kind of put it off and I finally called the insurance agent and let him know, well, it was it was crazy because my insurance payment actually dropped by $5. I added a young driver and my insurance dropped. And so, you know, a lot of the times you might have the same insurance for two, three years and, you know, you, you really need to look into it. Call your insurance agent and says, hey, look, uh, I haven't had a claim like ever, right? And so uh, here we are. I want to know, can I get a better deal? Can I get a better rate? Uh, can you look and can you do an audit on my insurance? Um, you know, are your, is your electricity, is your, is your you know, electricity, uh, can you get a cheaper rate? Here in Texas, there is a website called powertochoose.org and you can go and find uh, a cheaper you know, electrical um, provider. And the thing is, is that here in Texas, all the all the electrical lines are owned by Centerpoint Energy, and so the electricity is kind of just it's sold out there. And I really don't understand how it all works, but you might find someone who is selling uh, electricity at 19 cents a kilowatt versus someone who's sending who's uh, selling it for eight cents a kilowatt or even cheaper. And throughout the years, I have saved a lot of money by using that website. And in looking at my electrical bill and saying, hey, look, I can save, I can move to this company over here. It's the same power. It's the same same electrical lines and everything. And I can save a whole lot more money. And so, you know, something like that, if you're not in Texas, maybe there is a, a website like that for you out there where you can look up the different companies that are selling electricity and uh, and get a great deal there. Um, you know, your water, don't let don't let the toilet run, you know, and, and things like that. I mean, that adds to your electric or to your water bill uh, eventually. 
you know, those types of things, you know, just be, maybe eating at home a little bit more often. Uh, if you are someone who likes to eat out all the time, Houston has, I, the last time I heard, has more restaurants per capita than anybody, than any other city. And so, you know, people here love to go out to eat. Even when the economy seems to be tanking, restaurants are full. But it does, you know, it, you do spend a whole lot of money. You think about it. If you have a family of four or a family of five and you have big kids and you go out and eat, you're spending $150, $200 easily with tip and everything else. And then, you know, you think about $200 worth of groceries and what that could buy you. I mean, that could that could possibly feed, you know, uh, <laughs> well, if you have three big boys, but maybe a week or two, <laughs> depending on what you're buying, right? But, you know, that's, that's one of those things. You you need to be thinking about all those. So you need to be a little bit more purposeful about your finances uh, if you're not already, because we're purposeful about preparedness. You know, we, we know that we need to have plans. We need to have our bug out bags. We need to have this and that, and all those types of things. But is your, you know, is, is your finances in order uh, or are your finances in order? Have you taken the time to really look at that and see where you can save some money and put some money away? Because if you were to lose your job, you know, then you could, you don't have to go into panic mode. And I, I've heard many stories. I've read many stories. I've, I've, I've read many stories on, in preparedness, on preparedness websites where people lost their job and maybe they were out of work for like a month, two months, but because they had their food storage, right? They didn't have to worry about that. And because they had an emergency fund, then they were able to at least keep the lights on and they were able to pay rent. And they were able to, to pay the, the very bare minimum that they needed to be able to, to survive and to so that their family could you know live that normal life until they were able to get back on their feet. So there's a lot of a lot here and a lot of things to consider, especially going in to to the holidays here. We want to make sure that we don't overspend, we don't rack up our credit cards, we want to make sure that we do things you know the smart way. Maybe that's creating some uh, gifts and preparedness, you know, so, you know, making things and, and gifting that way, that would be, you know, such a great benefit to be able to do that. And a lot of the times those are a lot more meaningful than something that you can go buy at the, at the store. So guys, I hope this has been meaningful for you. If it has, and you have any more ideas, or maybe you have a great financial story, would love to hear from you. So you can come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com, episode 451, and you can leave a comment. And you know, I realized, I don't know why I, this wasn't really sinking in with me, but for whatever reason in the show notes, I didn't realize that it didn't link directly to the episode. And I'm going to try to put a link that goes directly to episode 451. I don't know where I'm going to put that. I'm going to put it somewhere. So that way, if you're in the show notes, you know, because that happens to me all the time. You know, I was actually listening to a podcast and they said, you know, go on over to our website and blah, 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 blah. And so I went to their show notes and I wanted to click on the link, but they didn't have a link. And I'm like, all right, well, man, you know, it'd be nice if they had a link. And then I went to go look at my show notes for the Prepper Website podcast. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have, I have a link to the Prepper Website. And, you know, it, it is pretty easy to go there. You can go there. You can go to the episode guide. I try to make it really easy to navigate. But I was like, you know, it'd just be great if I was able to go ahead and drop 
the uh, the actual link to the episode so people could go directly to that. So I'm going to try to do that. If you want to leave a comment, uh, let me know. And if it's something that people don't use, maybe I won't do that because that is an extra step. But if people don't use it, you know, they don't use it. But I would love to hear from you. If you have a financial preparedness story, you can come on over to episode 451 and leave it there. And I'd love to share it out with uh, the podcast community uh, later on as we as we move forward. So, guys, that is it for episode 451. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.